Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good morning from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio in Stoneville. It's the week of Thanksgiving. Tom and I have Brian with us this morning. And according to Tom, we may be three of like eight people that are here right now. Are you going to get that cord like you want it? I, I'm fine. Sorry. I, I just realized that that cord was all jacked up because we'd moved some around the other yeah. day. Yeah, there aren't very many people. But here we are knocking it out. Where would you rather be? That's not the podcast question. Where would you rather be? <laughs> Can I say nowhere? <laughs> I mean, I, no, I, that's I, not. I, that's, unacceptable. No. That's unacceptable. A, that's the work answer. Well, I, I, I did have a few things to accomplish this week. We are helpful. We are currently accomplishing what I wanted to accomplish this week, work-wise. I totally understand. This was on my to-do list. Brian's bouncing back from COVID. Yeah, last week was a little rough. (laughs) Tom, you were down. Yeah, I guess that's about a year ago that you had I had had COVID the end of December 2021 and into 2022. It slammed Tom pretty hard. Sounds like it slammed Brian pretty hard, too. Yeah, it was about three days and it took me out, which is usually I get over things really quickly, but I, I had a hard time. Compare it to something else, like flu or strep throat. I mean, I had mono when I was in high school, so it was close to that, but I didn't get as tired. Like mono was terrible. That was like, oh yeah, that was go get a drink of water and then you sleep for like five hours. I wanted to get Brian over here and do a podcast last week, and then like we said, he had COVID. So we're catching him the week of Thanksgiving. And so we're going to talk about budgeting in not a terribly positive topic right now. Is that accurate, Brian? Yeah. It's a, I mean, last year and this year have been kind of rough, especially on the cost side. Well, we wanted to talk about that. My ability to talk intelligently about it is pretty limited. Tom's a little better at it than I am. But that's what we're going to talk about. Tom. You had something you wanted to ask Brian before we got into it, so I want to hear this myself. All right, Brian. Okay. How many tomatoes are there in a bottle of ketchup? Single bottle. Oh, man. I've heard this before, but I don't remember. Probably a lot. Um, well, what's a lot? Like, what, what, what size of bottle? Like, oh, just like the details. Yeah, that is a detail that I didn't focus on. Like a small so bottle, on. big bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for what you would consider a table-sized bottle of ketchup. So not the smallest. I try like a 24-ounce or something. Not yeah. the big one, yeah. The, the regular Heinz bottle that you can hold in your hand. Uh, I don't Maybe what, like 20? That's 20? too many. Okay. So like 15? Jason, you want to give us a, give us a response? Is that too many? Is that is he over or under? Tom, I'm going to say that's under. 15 is under. That is incorrect. Would you like to know the correct answer? Lay it on me. The correct answer is eight. Eight? Eight tomatoes. So we're still a little foggy on this bottle size because you said Heinz bottle, and when you said Heinz bottle, then I got to picture in that glass bottle. Yeah, which is so, probably so more like, like a 12-ounce like 12, 12 to 16-ounce. Yeah. I bet it's probably a 12-ounce bottle. I think you didn't have enough details. Well, I didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, what kind of tomatoes, too? Well, whatever kind of tomatoes they use for ketchup, it's probably not a beef steak. Okay. And more than likely, not a Roma. 
Brian, I'd like to commend you for <laughs> backing Tom down. Yes. Excellent job, <laughs> which seems to happen on a frequent basis in the podcast studio. We ask a question, and all of a sudden, somebody gets combative. <laughs> Brian, I guess it was probably about a year ago, the three of us plus Will Maples sat down and talked about the budgets, and, and we actually probably had a couple episodes on those. We talked about price increases expected for 2022, so – I know y'all have been working hard on your budget. So what's the status of those publications? So we just got those up on the website. So agecon.msstate.edu. It's under the budget tab. Most, I'm pretty sure all like the crop budgets are up there right now, or at least our, our paper versions. We're still working on the, the Excel versions. should be up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but all, all our paper ones are up there for this next year. For a couple of these crops, we've seen quite a bit of changes, especially on the input side. Uh, it's just sort of the nature of when we do those surveys. You know, we survey companies across Mississippi, try to find those prices, those input costs. Last year, we were kind of a little bit before we saw these huge increases, especially in your fertilizer prices. And so we've seen from this year, we've seen quite a bit of, of big changes um, from last year in our, in, in our budgets. But not necessarily in the price that was paid by the time we got to springtime and the inputs started being I say purchase, but started being utilized. Right, because last year, I mean, we usually, we start collecting a lot of that fertilizer, herbicide information in August, so yeah. August through October. And so last year, those those big spikes kind of came right near the end of that uh, and then into, into spring as well. And this year, so really, we're probably not that much higher than we were in the spring for some of these. Some of the, like, equipment costs and stuff has gone up quite a bit this last year. Uh, but from your input side, a lot of those are, Probably similar, but our budgets are kind of showing a lot larger increases just from, from when we surveyed those uh, companies. I have a couple of the numbers here. I just went and pulled a couple of the budgets. So like soybeans, I mean, prices, soybean prices are, are looking pretty good. So at least we're, we're looking at a little bit higher sort of income in our budgets. But expenses, especially your, you know, your direct and, and fixed expenses are, are up quite a bit. I think just from this one budget... Soybeans, we're looking at about $183, dollars more per acre on your variable cost. Uh, and then your fixed costs are up about $27 an acre. So about $211 an acre higher for 2023 than we were last year, uh, which is you know, that's pretty significant. What was the difference between 2022 and 2021 on your budget? Um, last year, it was... I think when we did them, it was about a 30% increase. So this is a, another big jump off of yeah. that. So we're up pretty um, good, on at least on the budget pricing yeah. from 2021. Yeah, from 2021, it's more than probably doubled. Wow. Um, I mean, because even total specified expenses, we're looking at about a 50% increase just from last year. And so it's about a, probably about an 80% increase since 2021. What's the breakdown on which component has produced the greatest increase because in my mind I would say it's probably fertilizer but that's there's probably more to it than that yeah fertilizer is a big one your phosphorus is almost doubled in price since since last year's your potassium is up you know 70 percent and then your you know nitrogen UAN is around doubled as well from from last year's budgets herbicides glyphosate's tripled from last year yeah 
in our budgets at least. I mean, it's yeah, it's a little. I think it's over tripled. And then diesel fuels a big one too. Diesel fuels is essentially doubled since last year, so those diesel costs are are up quite a bit. And that's going to be even higher, especially if you have you know your more irrigation oriented kind of crops. Like your rice is going to have a lot more impact on on those costs as well. Diesel fuel, but diesel fuel, it's up quite a bit. So it's 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 just a combination. Everything's up. Equipment costs are up quite a bit from last year too. Interest rates are up. Unrelated to the budget, and we certainly can dissect those a little bit more, Brian, but do you have an idea? Take fertilizer. So just pick urea. Could use it on corn, cotton, or rice. So do you have an idea as what's the biggest contributing factor to the why of that? Is it being able to get it around? Yeah, specifically, they're thinking about the river situation this fall, or is it manufacturer volume? It's kind of a combination of things. One of the biggest predictors of nitrogen price is going to be corn price. So when corn prices are high, you're going to see higher nitrogen costs. That's just usually how it is. The other big one has been your manufacturing. Like we, Russia is a big producer of fertilizer. So we've kind of backed off on imports from Russia. They used to be one of our you know, biggest importers that we would you know, get fertilizers from. We've kind of backed off of that with the, you know, the Ukraine war. And so we're kind of seeing just lower supply. The river issue is definitely going to contribute to that. Are we going to be able to ship things? And then, yeah, corn price. If corn price stays high, then fertilizer price are going to probably stay high too. Okay. How about rice, Ryan? I, that's, I think, one that lends itself to something that we need to discuss at this point in time because I think, you know, lots of push for more acres. I mean, we had our lowest rice acres this last year in years. A long it's, been, time. it's been a long yeah. time. I think we were at 85,000 acres this last year. Well, and you can't help but suggest that a lot of that was based on the fact that commodity prices for most of the other crops were definitely more yeah. optimistic. Especially soybeans. Lack I mean, of a better term. Soybean prices were up. That usually impacts your rice acres. And that, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the main driver. But how, how's it looking right now? From a price, rice price aspect, we're looking at really good prices. Um, I think the USDA is projecting, you know, long grain rice that $16.50 a hundredweight, which would be our highest price since 2013. So from, from that, we're, look, we're looking really good. It's a really good price, but, I mean, your costs are, are going to be a lot higher, too. From last year, we have, you know, total expenses are up about $212 an acre. Returns were actually down a little bit for projected for this next year just because of those, those higher higher costs. But with that price, we might see, I wouldn't say we're going to see a, a large increase in acres, though, um, even with that high price, just because of the higher input costs. And with soybean prices and corn prices, they still stay up. We're probably not going to see jump back up to that 200,000 acres or anything like that. What's the projected return for soybeans? Just while we're talking about rice, that would be the one that, like we said, pairs closely with it. What we have in there, it's about $60 and $61 an acre right now. So positive returns. That doesn't include some of your other costs, though. Sure. It's, it, just how the, the those budgets work, but... It's about sixty, you know, sixty-one dollars. Rice depends on you know what hybrid and, and stuff like that varieties. Uh, it's about twenty-eight dollars. So let me ask the the silly question, at least from where I sit as a as a plant pathologist, because I didn't do well in economics in high school, and and, and <laughs> you know that notwithstanding. But 
That's if you do everything prescribed to the specific budget calculations that you've done. Right. Isn't that right? Yeah. Th- these are all based off those when we get together, all our specialists get together and, and put these sort of everything in there kind of budgets. And um, I've always looked at that as more of an a la carte. You don't have to do all of those things. Right. There are some things that would be specifically more beneficial. Like, you know, obviously don't want to completely reduce all of your herbicide inputs because mm-hmm. weeds are important. That reduces yield. But things like, you know, seed treatment, you obviously don't want to cut seed treatment because that's definitely really good insurance at the beginning of the season, depending upon what the weather does. But there are some things in there that you probably could scale back on. And then, you know, soil sample to determine what you need from an input standpoint for fertility. That's important because that factors into the overall budget equation Mm -hmm. and gives you a better feel for where you're going to fall out based on those inputs. Right. Yeah. Probably... Eight or ten years ago, when we all started contributing to the budget, Tom, I guess Larry Faulkner would have been here at the time, and I think his idea was let's kind of make them on the inputs, let's kind of make it worst case scenario or premium or right. you know whatever descriptor you want to apply to that. So I, I think you're right. Not saying your returns would be at least those numbers, right. but on a normal operation, you're probably scaling some of our suggested inputs out and Mm -hmm. and again we projected them high for that very reason so it does look better in reality than what it does on paper and yeah and then i mean there's going to be farmers that are going to have higher yields than what we have in there i mean or even every yield is going to be different in every field too so it's going to be a little bit different than that on on, and then the price that you're going to get i mean those returns they're based off of price right now like you could market it throughout the year and get a higher price than, than what we have in there those are more of just an a guesstimate, I guess, kind of thing of, of here's sort of if you put everything into it, here's how it looks. And it's more of a way for us to look at like year to year changes and how everything's kind of changing. And so it, it gives us a better idea of, all right, compared to last year, where are we, how are we looking? And kind of the takeaway is just that, you know, input prices are a lot higher. Well, and I see us just moving into the f- late fall, early winter meeting season, and those are going to be the questions. Where are inputs that I can cut out of the system to reduce my overall input cost? And everybody has basic wiggle room if they focus on using those budgets as a good sliding scale as to this would be worst case scenario, greatest amount of inputs. And in some cases, what we choose to put in that budget may be more of a premium application product. And therefore, the price is a little higher on those particular inputs than it would be on something that's a little cheaper, middle of the road. Right. Or, I mean, in some cases, it could be even lower. If they need some additional fertilizer costs or maybe even herbicide costs, they're having some weed pressure and stuff like that. So every farmer kind of needs to do their own budget and understand where they're they're looking for this next year. What what are are their inputs for each one of these crops? And then they can kind of decide, where can I cut then? And then it's really important because then you know all those break-evens. So you know your break-even price of what you're going to need this next year to, to make money, and then you can set your sort of marketing goals from that and determine how much, you know, how much money are you going to be able to make above these costs. While we're talking about the increase in projected cost in our budgets for cotton and corn, we kind of went through soybeans and rice pretty good and as examples. Just mm-hmm. throw those numbers out so folks will have an idea. Corn was up, like total expenses were up about 
$344 an acre. Uh, the highest of, of any of the crops. So, and a lot of that is fertilizer. It's going to be the big one on, on that one. Prices are a little bit higher, but it, looking at a little bit lower returns there. But again, that those last year's budgets were a little late on those fertilizer prices, so it might be about similar to what last year was. But we do have, you know, right now we have pretty strong prices. WASDE report had corn at like 680 a bushel for this next year, or for 2022 crop. That takes into account sort of this next, up until next August uh, or September, um, on what price what farmers are going to receive. So that kind of gives us an idea of the price are they're expecting prices to stay strong between now and, and then. I mean, if prices stay that high, you're, you're looking at a little little bit better income, but those income those expenses are quite a bit higher. And then cotton is probably hit the hardest, just because compared to where we were last year, we've seen prices go down a little bit. Expenses are up, so those returns are going to be. They're going to be quite a bit lower. Uh, I think in our budgets, I just I just pulled one of them. It was you know six hundred and thirty dollars less an acre in returns. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Which is a, that's a huge huge drop. And so a lot of that was you know we had lower prices and and then higher expenses. And so we'll we'll see on cotton. We might see some people sort of move out of cotton. I know we had higher cotton acres this last year. We might might see some people rotate out of that. But it's it's important to you know again. Figure out what your costs are, if you can cut anything, and then determine, you know, which one of these crops is going to make you the most money. And based on what you just pointed out, Brian, which of those looks like you'd be most optimistic about as an economist? I mean, that's kind of a hard question because it really depends on, you know, what yield are you able to get in your fields and then your marketing plan, what, what price, how, what are your inputs, what are you putting on? Um, and so that's going to that's gonna impact us a lot. It's hard to say, all right, this one's the best um, because it changes. I mean, it's going to change between now and spring. It did last year. And so I think it, it's really just important to find out what the inputs would be, what those costs would be for all these, find out what those break-evens are going to be, and then you can kind of decide, you know, based off where prices are, am I going to make money on, on this crop or, or whether it's soybeans or corn or cotton, rice, any of these crops. Um, you can kind of find out where those prices are, where those break-evens are. If, I mean, if break-evens is high, I mean, if, if you're looking at 80 cent break even for cotton and prices are 75 cents, like you, you might know, okay, maybe I'm not going to be able to, you know, make money on that unless I cut a bunch of inputs and then I might not get my yield and, and stuff like that. So I think it's important just to, to go through these, figure out what those you know, inputs, those break evens, and then you can make that decision. Very political answer. Maybe not political, maybe very. I think well, that was a pretty good. Expedient answer. It was a good conservative answer. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go out there and just say you should grow this crop and then oh, I don't people get mad at me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, don't you, dude. I don't want to do that either. Yeah. That's not an easy thing to have a conversation about because I think everybody knows or has an expectation of what's going to be the best particular crop on their particular farm. And yeah. that's, I think, where the beauty of those Excel budgets allows someone to really play around and tweak those numbers, remove certain inputs, and look at how that may impact bottom line. Right. And that's... And they got to do that. And uh, everybody's going to do that differently. And that's part of the planning process. Because I think this is one of your most important things that you can do as a farmer is, you know, understand your budgets, your costs. Even I do not having grown up on a farm. I mean, it's just, it's basically a household grocery budget. It's just factored out into a much larger scale. And that's 
much, much larger and scale. Not everything that's on there, we're not expecting everything that's on that list to be done. That's not kind of a, a checklist of, oh, I have to do all these things. There are things that tailored to your particular production practices, mm-hmm. you can cross off that list. You know, because I've heard interesting conversations over the last few years whereby somebody said, oh, well, I added all these inputs because somebody said that they would add all that. And in a lot of cases, depending upon what inputs I'm even talking about, they're not additive. Mm-hmm. You can't expect to get this number. There's no expected number for something like, as an example, a fungicide application that's done automatically. It differs on every field right. and every farm instance. So the expectation there needs to be factored into that budget at the beginning of the season when you're considering how that's going to impact bottom line at the end of the season. Right. I'm one of those, I kind of, I wish we do these by enterprise, but I, I think they probably do these by field even. So, I mean, if you have a field that one field that gets like 50 bushel soybeans and another gets 80, why are you treating those the same? Like they're two different systems essentially. And that um, one that makes 50 might not ever make 80. Yeah. Just because there's nothing to have it. And you might not make money on that one, but you do on the other one. So why don't you switch that to something you might make money on? Well, and that's why on-farm average differs. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same on every field. There are probably very few farmers in this part of the world who have a number of fields that they're all static year to year. I mm-hmm. mean, I just can't expect that that happens. They all irrigate different. Yeah. Brian, thank you, man. Yeah, and I, sure. I know we're dropping this the week after Thanksgiving, but we're recording it the week of Thanksgiving. So hope you all have a happy, safe Thanksgiving time. I know you're traveling. Yeah, we are. And Brian's staying here. He's going to have family coming in from out of state. So we, we hope all of y'all had a happy Thanksgiving too. And I guess we'll see you at the Row Crop Short Course. Yeah. December 5th to the 7th. Coming up pretty quick. In storm. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.